Chapter Nine, Part Two of Commentary on the Gospel of John, Book Eleven by Cyril of Alexandria, translated by Reverend Thomas Randall. This LibriVox recording is in the public domain. Thirteen, and these things I speak in the world that they may have my joy fulfilled in themselves. Keep in mind once more what we were just now saying, and you will easily understand the drift of the passage for he on all occasions preserved the juxtaposition of the two aspects of his character, at the same time displaying the divine majesty for which he was preeminent, and not discarding the proper limitations of the human nature, which he assumed at his incarnation. For there would be something absurd in the supposition that he wished to disown what he had willingly taken upon himself for being himself in lack of nothing but the all-perfect son of a perfect father he emptied himself of his glory not to do himself any service but rather to convey to us the blessing which would result from his humiliation showing himself then to them as at the same time both god and man he as it were induces his disciples to reflect that absent as well as present he would work the things which made for their salvation in god and that as he had kept them in his keeping while he was yet with them on the earth in the form of man so also would he keep them while absent from them as god through the excellency of his substance for that which is divine is not bounded by space and is not far from anything that exists but fills and pervades the universe and though present in all things is contained of none when addressing his own father he says holy father keep them he at once refers by right of its existence to the universal working of the power of the father and at the same time shows that he standeth not apart from his nature but being in it and proceeding from it is indivisibly united with it though he be conceived of as independently existing keep them he says in thy name which thou hast given me and again while i was with them i kept them in thy name which thou hast given me we are bound therefore to think that if he had kept them hitherto in the name given him by the father that is in the glory of godhead for he gave unto him the name which is above every name and if he wishes the father himself also to keep them in the name given unto him he will not be excluded from acting in the work for the father will keep those who are knit to him by faith through the agency of the only begotten who is his power and might for he will not exercise his power in any way save through him then if even in the flesh he kept them by the power and glory of his godhead how can we think that he will fail to think his disciples worthy of the mercy which they need and how can they ever lose his sure support while the divine power of the only begotten abideth evermore and the power which is his by nature is for ever firmly established for that which is divine admits of no variance at all or of any change into any evil agency but shines forth for ever in those attributes which belong to it eternally i have spoken then he says these things in the world that my disciples 
might have my joy fulfilled in them what kind of joy is meant we will proceed to show putting away from us fear of dispute because of the obscurity of the expression the blessed disciples then thought indeed that while christ was present with them in their daily lives i mean of course in the flesh they could easily rid themselves of every calamity and readily escape danger from the jews and that they would remain proof against every assault of their foes but that when he was separated from them and had gone up to heaven they would fall an easy prey to perils of every sort and would have to bear the attack of the king of terrors himself as there was no one any more with them who was strong to save and who could scare away the temptations that assailed them for this cause then our lord jesus christ neither disavowed the manhood he had once for all taken upon himself nor yet showed himself deficient in divine power speaking plainly to this intent and saying that the name of god had been given to him as man but that through him and in him the father showed mercy to those who worshipped him and had them in safe keeping what then was the wise object that he here had in view it was that the blessed disciples might understand and know well if they only slightly considered this singing that even when he was in the flesh it was not through the flesh that he was working for their salvation but in the omnipotent glory and might of his godhead my absence in the flesh then he says will do my disciples no harm while the divine power of the only begotten can easily keep them safe even though he be not visibly present in the body we give this explanation not as making of no account the holy body of christ god forbid but because it were more fitting that the accomplishment of his word should be ascribed to the glory of the godhead for even the body itself of christ was sanctified by the power of the word made one with it and it is thus endowed with living force in the blessed eucharist so that it is able to implant in us its sanctifying grace therefore also our saviour christ himself once conversing with the jews and speaking many things concerning his own body calling it the true bread of life said the bread which i will give you is my flesh which i will give for the life of the world and when they were sore amazed and perplexed to know how the nature of earthly flesh could be to them the channel of eternal life he answered and said it is the spirit that quickeneth the flesh profiteth nothing the words that i spake unto you are spirit and are life for here too he says that the flesh can profit nothing that is to sanctify and quicken those who receive it so far that is as it is mere human flesh but when it is understood and believed to be the temple of the word then surely it will be a channel of sanctification and life but not altogether of itself but through god who has been made one with it who is holy and life ascribing everything then to the power of his godhead he says that his disciples will suffer no loss from his departure in the body with reference at any rate to their seeking to be in his keeping for the saviour though he be vanished into heaven will yet not be far from those who love him 
but will be with them by the power of his godhead in order then that they may have my joy fulfilled in themselves he says i have spoken these things in the world what then is this joy which is fulfilled and perfect it is the knowledge and belief that christ was not a mere man as we are but that besides being as we are yet without sin he is also the true god it is clear then and beyond dispute that he will always have the power to save those who worship him at any time he will even though he be not present in the body for this knowledge will involve the perfect fulfilment of our own joy inasmuch as we have an ally ever near us who is strong enough to rescue us from every evil fourteen fifteen i have given them thy word and the world hated them because they are not of the world even as i am not of the world i pray not that thou shouldest take them from the world but that thou shouldest keep them from the evil one he points out to us the most needful increase of favour from above and from the father which he says is almost owed by him to those who incur danger for his sake as a just and well-deserved return for the world hateth on god's account those who worship him and who are obedient to the laws that he has laid down and who lightly esteem worldly pleasure and who also as is most right will receive succour and grace from him and continuance in well-being for surely they who after a manner rely upon him and are of good courage and engage in warfare on his account will receive a recompense in harmony with the aim they have in view therefore the saviour says i have given them thy word and the world hated them because they are not of the world even as i am not of the world for they received with great gladness he says thy word given unto them by me that is the gospel message which easily extricates from a worldly life and thoughts of earth those who welcome it therefore also are they hated of the world that is of those who choose to have at heart the things of this world and who love this pleasure-loving and most impure life for the conversation of saints is displeasing to worldlings ever making light as it does of the hardships of this life and pointing out how abominable is a worldly career and accusing its vileness and assailing with bitter rebukes those who think that pleasure consists in succumbing to temptation and in having continual intercourse with the evil of this world and triumphing over all selfish desire and contemning ambition and teaching men to abhor covetousness the mother of all evils and to cast it far from them and furthermore bidding those who are ensnared in the net of the devil to escape from old deceits and to betake themselves to the god of the universe for this cause therefore o father he says are they hated for they are an ill odour with the world not because they have been convicted of any crime or impiety but because i have given unto them thy word so that they are also out of the world even as i am for the life and conduct that is in christ is wholly dissevered from earthly thoughts and worldly conversation that life 
by following after which we shall ourselves also so far as possible escape being reckoned among the men of this world therefore the inspired paul enjoins us to follow his steps and we shall then best follow him when we love only the things that are not of this world and lifting our minds above fleshly thoughts gaze only on heavenly things he ranks himself too with his disciples because of his manhood by imitating which in the conception of him as man we attain every kind of virtue as we just now said passing unscathed through all the wickedness of the world and showing ourselves strangers and aliens to its wickedness just so then the divine paul indeed himself exhorts us and with reference to himself and christ through which the world hath been crucified unto me and i unto the world bids us speaking in another place be ye imitators of me even as i also am of christ paul did not indeed imitate christ in so far as our lord is creator of the world for he did not establish a new firmament nor did he ever reveal to us new seas or a new earth how then did he imitate him surely it was by moulding in his own character and conduct an admirable pattern of the life of which christ was himself the exemplar so far at least as paul could attain to it for who can be equal to christ putting himself then on a level with us because of his human nature or to speak more accurately as first presenting us with the blessing of taking ourselves out of the world by the life which transcends worldly things for the life and teaching of the gospel is above the world he says that he himself is not of the world and that we are even as he is since his divine word has taken up its abode in our hearts furthermore he declares that as the world hated him so will it also hate them the world indeed hateth christ because it is in conflict with his words and accepts not his teaching men's minds being wholly yielded up to base desires and even as the world hates our saviour christ it hath hated also the disciples who carry through him his message as paul also did who said we are ambassadors therefore on behalf of christ as though god were entreating by us we beseech you on behalf of christ be ye reconciled to god what then is his prayer after that he is shown that the disciples are hated by those who are fast bound by the evil things of the world i pray not he saith that thou shouldest take them from the world but that thou shouldest keep them from the evil one for christ does not wish them to be quit of human affairs or to be rid of life in the body when they have not yet finished the course of their apostleship or distinguished themselves by the virtues of a godly life but he wishes them after they have lived their lives in the company of men in the world and have guided the footsteps of those who are his to a state of life well pleasing to god then at last with the glory they have achieved to be carried into the heavenly city and to dwell with the company of the holy angels we find moreover one of the saints approaching the god who loves virtue with the cry take me not away in the midst of my days 
for pious souls cannot without a pang put off the garment of the flesh before they have perfected their life in holiness above their fellows therefore also the law of moses teaching us that sinners are visited as in wrath and by way of penalty with premature death often reiterates the warning to stand aloof from evil that thou diest not before thy time besides if the saints chose to keep themselves apart from our daily life it would infer no small loss to those who are unstable in the faith nay they could in no wise be guided in the way of righteousness without the aid of those who were able to lead them therein paul knew this when he said to depart and be with christ is far better for me yet to abide in the flesh is more needful for your sake christ therefore in his care for the salvation of the uninstructed says that those who are in the world ought not to be left desolate without the saints who are men of light and the salt of the earth but prays rather for the safe-keeping of his holy ones and that they may be ever untouched by the malice of the evil one shunning the assault of temptations by the power of his omnipotent father we must also remark that he calls the word which is his and came forth from him i mean the gospel the word of god the father showing that he is not separate from the father but consubstantial with him for we shall find in the writings of the evangelists that the people of the jews were amazed at him because he taught them as one having authority and not as their scribes for these latter were seen to apply the teaching of the law in every case in their discourses to them while our lord jesus christ did not at all follow slavishly the types shadowed forth in those writings but illumining his own word by divine power exclaimed it was said to them of old time thou shalt not commit adultery but i say unto you thou shalt not covet though the law expressly says with reference to the statutes of god that none should add thereto or take away therefrom but christ took away from and also added unto them changing the type into truth therefore he cannot be reckoned among those under the law that is among creatures for on whomsoever nature has put the brand of slavery on him is imposed the necessity of being under the law christ then represented his own word as the word of the father for he is the word that is in the father and proceedeth from him and that enunciates the will of the godhead i mean the only true godhead which is in the father son and holy spirit sixteen seventeen they are not of the world even as i am not of the world holy father keep them in truth thy word is truth by these words he indicates once more and makes clear to us the reason why he requires to ascend to god the father and why so to do becomes him while he is still our mediator and high priest and advocate according to the holy scripture and shows us that it is in order that if at any time we encounter failure or miss the straight path in thought or action or are assailed by unexpected perils or buffeted by the tempest of the devil's malice 
he may approach his father on our behalf in his appropriate character as mediator and join with him in granting good gifts to those who are worthy for it would well become him so to do as he is god by nature those then he says who have received thy word o father through me show forth my likeness in themselves and are conformed to the pattern of thine own son who like him pass unscathed through the ocean of the world's wickedness and have shown themselves foreigners and strangers to the love of pleasure in this life and every kind of vice therefore keep them in thy truth for exceeding purity is inherent in christ for he is truly god and cannot be subject to sin nor endure it but is rather the fountain of all goodness and the beauty of holiness for the divine nature that ruleth over all can do nothing but what is in truth suitable and belongeth thereto and the holy disciples i mean all who believe on him cannot otherwise exhibit purity unspotted by the wickedness of this world than by means of forgiveness and grace from above which putteth away the defilement of previous offences and the accusing sins of their past lives and further conferring on them the glory of a life of sanctification though their continuance therein be not free from conflict as paul wisely teaches us saying wherefore let him that thinketh he standeth take heed lest he fall for our life is cast upon the deep and we are tossed by diverse storms as the devil tempts without ceasing and continually assails and strives to defile if he can by the insidious inventions of malice even those who have been already made pure for his meat is well chosen as the prophet says having then borne witness to his disciples that their life was out of the world and that they were conformed to the likeness of his own essential purity he proceeds to pray to his father to keep them it is almost as though he said o holy father if they were in the world that is if they lived the life that has honour in this world if sowing the seed of earthly and temporary pleasures in their hearts they imprinted on themselves the foul image of the evil one he would not have attacked them with temptation nor have armed himself against his own children for he would have in them the likeness of his own inherent wickedness but since they following after me laugh to scorn the deceitfulness of this world and are out of the world and moreover in their conduct show most clearly the impress of my incomparable holiness and on that account have satan who is ever murmuring against the saints for their bitter foe ever lying in wait for them therefore of necessity i desire them to be in thy safe keeping for to be in thy safe keeping is not to be far from thy truth that is from me for i am by nature thy truth o father the essential true and living word we must suppose that this is what he thinks right to say see how in all his sayings so to speak he insinuates his own person into the action of the father whatever that action has reference to and puts himself altogether side by side with him wishing probably to show how true the statement is 
all things were made by him and without him was not anything made in the previous passage indeed he briefly besought his father to keep the disciples in the name which had been given unto himself in this however he desires his prayer in their behalf to be fulfilled in the truth of the father what then does this mean or what does the change in the language signify is it meant to show that the working of the father shown through him in mercy to the saints is not uniform for in the first passage when he says that his disciples ought to be kept in the name of the father that is to say in the glory and power of his godhead so that they should be out of the power of the enemy he declares that aid is vouchsafed to the saints in whatever happens unto them after the secret fashion that christ at the proper season revealed to his disciples when he said simon simon behold satan asked to have you that he might sift you as wheat but i made supplication for thee that thy faith fail not for many of god's dealings concerning us are in secret christ taking thought for the life of each of us and covering us as with a shield but here when he says keep them in the truth he signifies clearly their being led by revelation of the truth to apprehend it for no man can attain to the knowledge of truth without the light of the spirit nor can he at all humanly speaking work out for himself an accurate comprehension of the divine doctrines for the mysteries of holy writ exceed our understanding and glorious is the blessing of having even a moderate knowledge concerning christ the blessed peter moreover when he confesses that the lord was in truth the son of the living god heard the words blessed art thou simon barjona for flesh and blood hath not revealed it unto thee but my father which is in heaven for he reveals to the saints his son who is truth and does not allow satan to lead the mind of his believers astray to false knowledge relying on whom in their season emenios and alexander have made shipwreck concerning the faith rejecting the true doctrine of the faith of great avail then towards a right continuance in the straight path of thought and action is our safe keeping by the father in the name of god and in truth that we may not fail in making our light shine forth in action nor by turning aside to folly stray far away from the doctrines of true holiness and this may easily be our lot if we are seen to be out of the world while not disavowing our birth in the world for of the dust of the earth are we all framed as the scripture saith but by the quality of our deeds do we rid ourselves of life in the world for while they walk upon earth those who love conformity with christ are citizens of heaven we must also remark that he very appropriately here calls the father holy almost as it were reminding him that as he is holy he takes pleasure in those that are holy and all men are holy whosoever are seen to be unspotted by the world and whosoever are by nature in christ in the father's likeness adopted and chosen to be his disciples by the sanctification according to grace and the light and goodness of their lives for a man may thus be conformed to the image of god which transcends the world
End of chapter 9